verses 8 and 9 is where we will be launching from today. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 from the English Standard Version uh, should be appearing on your screen, and there you'll find these words recorded. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Think on these things, and the God of peace, and practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. We thank God for God's word and pray that it finds a place deep in your hearts on uh, this day and begins to work in your life in powerful ways. Uh, Listen, our title last week was Mind Management, and this week uh, we're going to tag this text with the topic Mind Management Part 2. Mind Management uh, Part 2. Mind Management Part 2. In 2010, Leonardo DiCaprio starred in an action sci-fi movie entitled Inception. The movie's plot revolves uh, around a master criminal that is involved in corporate espionage using dream technology to steal valuable secrets from the depths of the subconscious minds of its targets. The success of this criminal, who is played by DiCaprio, has led him to be a fugitive from the law and to lose many of the things that he most values in his life. However, uh, as he is seeking to find a way to reclaim and redeem himself, an opportunity uh, arises for him that requires him to do the opposite of what he had been trained to do uh, his whole entire criminal career. It requires of him uh, to, uh, to practice instead of extracting from the deepest and the darkest secrets of his target, he would need to implant a thought into the deep in the subconscious of his target's mind in order to influence the decision of this billionaire entrepreneur uh, that was his target. Uh, Beyond the general plot of this movie, what is highlighted by this cinematic work uh, is the vast power and vulnerability of our minds. There is the power of our minds to imagine and to visualize and to create. Uh, Then there is the power uh, to see something that doesn't currently exist and make it feel as if it does. Yet, it is the same qualities that can expose us, uh, can expose the vulnerability of our minds. In fact, uh, the deeper into the subconscious that DiCaprio's character goes in the movie, uh, the deeper into the mind that they went of their target, the more dangerous it became for all of them. And while it is a movie, while Inception is a film, I believe that there is a powerful truth that is communicated in it that while thoughts are small things, they certainly can have a major impact. Thoughts are small things, but they can have a major impact. If we were to be honest with ourselves, we know this to be true. We have all had thoughts that we have, have, have bought into and have led us down paths that were good for us. And we've also had thoughts that have taken us down paths that weren't so good for us. How we deal with adversity begins with our thoughts. How we treat others and ourselves begins with our 
thoughts. How we manage our finances and steward our resources begins with our thoughts. How we live our lives day to day begins with our thoughts. And as we look around and observe the lives that we lead, we should be reminded that much of it has been created by the way in which we think. For as the old saying goes, watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, because it becomes your destiny. And when we consider uh, where we are, and more importantly, who we are as people, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as children uh, of the Most High God, we should be concerned uh, about the what thought the what thoughts we are, allow, are allowing to shape our lives and ensuring that our mind that we are positioning our minds and positioning ourselves for the flow of God's power in our lives by managing our minds and, and managing our thoughts. In short, what we think about matters because the quality of our thoughts impacts the quality of our lives. That's something you ought to text a friend today. That's something you ought to put in the comments and make your Facebook status today that the quality of our thoughts impacts the quality of our lives. And this, in fact, is the power in what Paul offers us today in our text. We've been focusing again on uh, understanding uh, the things within us that are blocking us from experiencing the fullness of the power of God in our lives. And in our sermon last week from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, uh, we talked about how important it is to manage our minds and to position ourselves, uh, position our minds and our lives uh, through constant dedication, through uh, con consistent development, and through conscious discernment. Yes, we uh, we have uh, have to focus in on managing our minds in a way that allows for us uh, to allow God to get uh, the best out of us. And in the midst of giving in the church at to the church at Philippi he focuses in verses 4 through 9 on the issues of the mind check the text in particular uh, encouraging he's Philippi, he's encouraging these Philippian believers to do uh, to do as we talked about in last week's sermons uh, and to manage their minds according to what they have learned and understood from the impact of the gospel of their lives listen to what it says in verses 4 through seven we know it we many of us can recite it uh, with ease it says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say uh, rejoice let your gentleness be known to all men for the Lord is at hand be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and by supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God yeah we like peace the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your your hearts and guard your minds through Christ Jesus. These verses are, for, are framed around the disposition of our hearts and our minds. Joy, gentleness, thanksgiving, peace. This is the ideal disposition for the internal life of the believer. And Paul gives us some clues on to how to get there. He says, don't be anxious. He says, we got to spend our time praying. He says, we ought to just make our request known unto God. This is, y'all, a 
solid list that he provides for us. Yet to stop at verse 7 doesn't get us to the heart of the matter. Uh, here's a reality about our journey in faith for all of the prayer and worship we offer uh, unto God, for all of the gratitude and thanksgiving uh, that uh, exist in us. If we don't allow the Spirit of God to transform our thought life, there will only be so far that we can grow in our spiritual journey. Yeah, let me say that again. We can pray all we want. We can sing the worship songs all we desire. We can practice thanksgiving and have gratitude exist on the inside of us. But if we don't allow the Spirit of God to transform what's going on in our minds, to transform our thought life, there will be only so far that we can grow in our spirituality. These practices, this worship and thanksgiving and gratitude and rejoicing ought to shape our thinking. However, we have to be intentional about ensuring that when we aren't doing them, that we are still guarding our minds, that we are allowing the thoughts that we have to still leave us open to receiving and hearing from the Lord. For our thoughts are often the very place that block us from experiencing the fullness of God's power at work within our lives. Learning uh, to capture, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, every thought and make it obedient to Christ is often a primary and important step in transforming our lives and getting out of the way of the power of God working in us and the power of God working through us. Getting uh, our thoughts going in the right direction will help us to see the other parts of our lives that need to be changed, transform, grow, and develop. Uh, and this is why Paul uh, in the text has to go further in his teaching to the church at Philippi because he knows that what we think will influence how we approach life. Uh, we ought to consider uh, that Paul in this moment is writing this letter uh, like the other letters we have in the New Testament from the confines of a jail cell. Yeah, he uh, is incarcerated, yet he's talking about joy. He is under the watch of Roman guards, yet he's talking about gentleness. He is uh, unable to enjoy the freedom to move and to teach in the ways that he's accustomed to in the ways that he desires, yet he is talking about gratitude. He's not sure of what awaits him next on his journey, yet he is talking about peace. And even later, uh, in the most quoted verses of chapter 4, he is sharing how he has learned to be content and to endure any circumstances. And at the center of this closing message of, uh, letters, Paul, of Paul's letter to the uh, Philippian church is Paul's emphasis on how we think. Yeah, because how we think is not something that we can just leave to happenstance. How we think, Paul is implying and suggesting in the text, is something that we have control over. That we don't just have thoughts barrage us and, and come upon us and we just obey them as if we are slaves to them. No, we are in control of our thoughts. And because we are in control of our thoughts, we have to ensure that we are choosing the right thoughts in order to manage our 
minds, yeah, in order to manage our minds. So what does Paul teach us from this text? He taught us last week from Romans chapter 12, but what do we learn uh, from Paul's letter uh, today about what managing our minds requires? The first thing uh, that the text teaches us today is that managing our minds requires recognizing that we have options. It requires recognizing that we have options. You ought to type that in the comments now. Type, I have options. I have options. In verse, uh, verse number eight, after Paul uh, lists a number of virtues, he says uh, these words, think on these things. Yeah, think on uh, these things. As Paul addresses the believer, these believers, he has to remind them where to put their focus in the midst of the culture in which they live. This young Christian movement, uh, this young movement rather of Christ followers were having to learn a new way to be in the world. One that was often countercultural to society and expectations of the place in which they lived. There would be persecution in some form and at all different levels that would pressure them to abandon their faith. What Paul knew was that overcoming this began with dealing with their minds. And certainly this was Paul's testimony and he knew it could be theirs and ours as well. And what Paul has embedded in this text is the reality that we have options on which to focus our thoughts. We have options on which to direct our minds. Paul's exploitation is that we are not to be slaves to our minds, but that we should take the reins of deciding which thoughts we will give power to. Uh, scholars suggest that the average human has about 6,000 individual thoughts over the course of a day. 6,000 thoughts, 6,000 thoughts, 6,000 uh, thoughts that have the potential of impacting our mood, 6,000 thoughts that have the potential of impacting our habits, 6,000 thoughts that have the impact, the potential of impacting our behavior in the direction of our lives. Y'all, some of these thoughts are good thoughts. Some of them are damaging thoughts. Some thoughts are helpful thoughts. Some are just random without any, without any real meaning. All of them present to us an opportunity to focus on something and as we decide which thought to focus on we are deciding one thought at a time the quality of the life that we lead yeah one thought at a time we are building the quality of the life that we lead in short y'all we have options we have options on which to focus our minds we don't need to own every thought that comes across our minds but we should have a standard by which to judge each thought into lean into the ones that push us towards the life that is reflective of the character of the kingdom of God and God's power working in us. And this is why the content of the list that Paul has uh, given uh, in the text matters for us today. Whatever is true and noble, whatever is just and pure, whatever is honorable and commendable, whatever is praiseworthy and excellent, think on these things. Think on these things. We, we would like to think that things in this way come naturally, thinking on things in this way come naturally for us, that they are just a second nature thing for us, but we have to recognize that often our own default mindset can lead us towards thinking in ways that are anything but what Paul lists out for us, that it can lead us into thinking in ways that are contrary, that will take us away and pull us further away from the will of God for our lives. So 
instead of focusing on if, instead of focusing on what is true and real in this moment, uh, we can often raise our anxiety by allowing the possibilities to run rampant in our minds. Uh, instead of seeing the excellent or the praiseworthy in ourselves or in others, we look for the faults and we focus on the faults and the shortcomings that exist. Instead of seeking out the just and the pure, uh, we look for the loopholes and the angles for claiming vengeance in a situation. And y'all, we have to realize that the thoughts and the things that we choose to focus on are the things that are often magnified in our lives. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on inside of you, if you're trying to figure out why you can't seem to hold on to peace, why you can't seem to hold on to joy, you might want to start with figuring out what you're focusing on in your mind. Y'all, I remember uh, when I first started teaching, uh, uh, I was excited because I was getting ready to buy my first car on my own, getting ready to go to the dealer buy my first car on my own. And I had seen a car that I liked. It was a Mitsubishi Montero. A Mitsubishi Montero, you might have heard me tell you about this before. This Mitsubishi Montero, I saw it sitting on this lot. It was black. It had tinted windows. It was perfect. I loved this car. It was a 2000, uh, 2000 Mitsubishi uh, Montero. Leather interior. It was beautiful. It was a wonderful vehicle. And it was constantly on my mind. I drove past that car lot on a regular basis, and I would look at that car, and it was, and I was thinking about it all of the time. And y'all, let me tell you what happened. I, not only was I seeing a Mitsubishi Montero on that lot all the time, but I was seeing it everywhere I went, in places that I went every day. I was seeing Mitsubishi Monteros on the highway. I was seeing Mitsubishi Monteros in the parking lot of the grocery store, going to the mall, on my way to a friend's house, on my way to church. Everywhere I went, I was seeing Mitsubishi Monteros. It was like that was all that anybody was driving. Uh, I saw it. I hadn't seen them that much before, but I was seeing them everywhere because my mind was focused in on getting that Mitsubishi Montero. And I did get it, y'all. I just want you to know. But that's how it works for us. That we that when we find ourselves fixated on something, fixated on a thought, it magnifies it and it makes it bigger, and we start to see it everywhere. Uh, we have so we have to recognize that we have options on which to fixate our minds, options on which to fixate our thoughts. We have choices for when it comes to what we focus on. And since we can choose, we ought to choose the thoughts that help draw us closer to God. Since we can choose, we ought to choose to see ourselves and others in the way that God sees us. Since we can choose, we ought to choose the thoughts that help us to discipline our lives. We ought to choose the thoughts that minimize the negativity that passes through our minds. We ought to choose the thoughts that help us to deal in reality and deal in the truth of what is happening in this present moment. We ought to choose the thoughts that lead us into the excellence and things that are worthy of praise. We ought to choose the thoughts that raise our level of existing, that raise our level of thinking above the things that would pull us down. Y'all, we have options and so the option that we ought to choose is fixating on the things that pull us closer to God. Yeah, we got to fixate on love and joy uh, and peace and self-control. We got to fixate on the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit instead of fixating on all the other stuff uh, that would pull us away. Y'all, we've got options. We've got 
uh, options. And as we manage our mind, we recognize that we have options and that we have to choose the right options for our thoughts. But also, it requires, managing our mind requires making the right observations. Yeah, making uh, the right observations, making the right observations. Paul, uh, it further exhorts the Philippian believers in verse 9, saying, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Yeah, we're going to stop right there uh, for a moment. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Uh, Paul raises himself up uh, in this moment as an example of the power of thinking to help us conform our lives to the image of Christ and to manage our minds in a way that allows God to bring forth glory out of our lives. Again, Paul has been among them as an example. Paul has been among them as a teacher and Paul is now writing to them as their leader from afar off and he implores them to remember and to consider what they observed from him as he was teaching and showing them the good news of a life in Jesus Christ. Uh, and this ought to be a major consideration for us as we think about how we manage our minds. We ought to ask ourselves some questions about what we are allowing to influence us, what we are observing that we are taking in that is influencing what we are thinking. Who are we allowing to impact our thinking? What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we consuming that has become a source of influence for our lives? How are we learning about uh, how to think in a way uh, that creates life within us and through us that is conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? What are we observing that is helping us move towards being our best selves and living our uh, best lives on the inside of us? Yeah, these are vital questions because we have to be careful about the voices and the sources that are impacting our lives. Y'all, some of the voices and some of the sources we can't choose. We can't choose who our mama and daddy were. We can't choose who our siblings and family members are, but we can choose uh, our friends. We can choose who we want to who we want to allow in our lives to have voices of influence and impact to us. And Paul is trying to help us by reminding us that if we want to live lives that allow the power of God to flow in us and through us, regardless of where we find ourselves, that we have to be sure to observe those around us that are doing the things that we aspire to do. Yeah, let me say that one more one more time. If we want to live lives that glorify God, we got to listen to folks and be around sources and take in information that is going to lead us towards our aspiration to live lives that glorify God. We can't allow everyone to influence our thoughts because before we know it, it will we will be living with something what is contrary to what we aspire to be. Everybody can't talk to us about faith. Everybody can't give us their story about their journey. Everybody can't have a voice and everything can't have a place of influence in our lives. I know this is a hard truth because there are some folks around us that we love whose voices we have to mute because they are not aligned with what God is doing in us. Yeah, let me say that again. There's some people around us. There's some people around you, some people that you love, some people that you live with, uh, some people in your church, some people in your community that you might have to mute their voices and minimize their voices because they're not aligned with what the Spirit of God is telling you and what the Spirit of God is doing on the inside of you. There uh, are some
some there is some information sources that we have to turn off because they aren't helping us focus on the thoughts that will lead us to where God is moving us. You might have to turn off Fox News or CNN or MSNBC for a little while because that might be the reason that you're mad all the time. Uh, there are some things we have to stop repeating to ourselves because they are damaging to the image of God in, in which we are created. We got to watch how we talk to ourselves in our mind. The messages that we repeat on the inside of us when nobody else can hear, when nobody else exists. We've got to stop uh, repeating those damaging things to ourselves uh, because God says that you are more than a conqueror. God uh, says that you are fearfully uh, and wonderfully made, made. God says that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. God says that you are loved. God says that you are powerful. God says that you are beautiful and that you're created in his uh, image. Y'all, this means that we have to learn to challenge the thoughts that come up in our lives that don't align with who God says we are, with what God has shown us, and with where God is leading us. Whatever they said, whatever they did, whatever they told you, if it doesn't line up with what God said and with what God told you and with what God is showing you in your life, then you need to disconnect yourself from it and let it go. And y'all, this is what I found is the power in the first chapter of Psalm, in the first three verses of Psalm chapter 1. It says this, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way with sinners or take up company with mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates, who fixates, fixates, who focuses in, who is intentionally locked in on his law day and night. That person will be like a tree that is planted by streams of water which yields fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prosper. All I'm trying to let you know today is that if you want to change the quality of your life, yes, you've got to recognize that you have options, but you've got to pay attention to what it is that you're observing. You can't observe everything on social media. You got to spend some time observing what the word of the Lord says. Spend some time observing what a trusted and wise person around you is saying unto you. Spend some time listening to the voice of God that is speaking unto you because we have to choose the sources for our thoughts in order to influence our minds toward what God has for us to do. Yeah, yeah. Say, I'm checking the sources. You ought to type that in the count in, in the comments today. I'm, I'm checking my, uh, I'm checking my sources today. Uh, yeah, mind management requires recognizing and choosing the right options and making the right uh, observations. And it also finally today uh, requires us putting the right thoughts into operation. Yeah, uh, it requires us putting these thoughts, putting the right thoughts, the right uh, observations into operation. It requires us putting it into uh, operation. Uh, Paul says in verse 9 that what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me Practice these things. Practice, yeah. Practice these things. What, what you have heard and learned and seen and received from me. Practice these things. Uh, he is imploring the church at Philippi. He's imploring them to do what he has shown them to do through his example in words and allow them to operate in their lives. Put them into uh, practice. Put them into 
consistent rotation in our lives. Y'all, uh, this just lets me know today uh, that as we are, uh, that as we are trying to put our right thoughts into operation that we have to practice our thinking now you can't just do it today uh, and then not come back to it uh, until next Sunday no you can't just do it today uh, and not come back to it until February but every day every hour of every day every moment and minute of every day we ought to be practicing uh, our thinking uh, because you know how it goes the more we practice thinking on the things uh, that are true and just and pure and excellent the more we practice thinking on the things that pull us closer to God, that pull us closer to where the Lord has called us to be, the more that we amplify and, 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 and magnify the voice, of, the voice of positivity, the voice of who God says we are, the voice of those who speak life into us. And the more we amplify it, the easier uh, it becomes for us to understand what is a good thought and what is a bad thought. And easier it is for us to differentiate uh, helpful thoughts from harm harmful thoughts and learn how to hold on to the right thoughts as we change and we practice our thinking our thinking will then in turn influence our practices as we practice our thinking as we do the things that we are thinking about as we move as we practice uh, challenging negative thoughts with the word of God challenging negative thoughts with positive affirmations about who we are and who God has created us to be as we practice it it gets easier and then it starts to show up in our our character. It starts to show up in our interactions. It starts to show up in our relationships. It starts uh, to show up in our practices, in our behaviors, uh, in the things that we do. Uh, uh, there's a change in what we do. There's a change in what we say. There's a change in how we see. There's a change in how we approach things. There's a change in how we exist in the world when we learn how to practice our thinking. So we've got to be intentional about what we think so that it can inform influence what we do. Let me say that one more time. We've got to be intentional about what we think so that it can influence what we do. If we want to change our output, then we've got to address our input. If we want to change what's happening and coming out of us, then we've got to deal with what's going on within us. We've got to be deliberate about what we observe so that the influ so that it influences how we live. And as we let the right thoughts operate, we can experience a quality of life that is not impacted by external circumstances but begins with the messages that we accept in our minds about ourselves about other folks and about the situations in which we find ourselves yeah uh, so many times we often are responding to what's happening on the outside of us but the reality is if we can deal with what's going on on the inside of us and allow the spirit of God to get in our minds and get in our thoughts then we'll be able to manage the circumstances circumstances that come our way. Uh, listen, I want to close with this quick little illustration uh, from, from my house, from the life of the Gilliam family. My oldest boy, uh, Marvin, uh, he was frustrated over this holiday break with his brother and sister being uh, in the house together a lot. Uh, they were arguing back and forth over something. Who knows? A toy. Somebody was looking at somebody. Who knows? But he was really frustrated about what was going on. He was frustrated with them arguing back and forth. And I could see on his face that he was getting sad. I could 
can see on his face that he was he was just kind of de- dejected and detached because of what is happening. I asked him, I said, Marvin, what's wrong? He said, I'm tired of them fighting all the time. It's getting on my nerves. And I told him, I said, listen, man, I know that they're fighting and their fussing can be a little, uh, be a lot sometimes. It's a lot for mommy and daddy, too, to be honest with you. Uh, it makes us a little frustrated as well. But here's what you got to remember. You can't control what they do. You can only control what happens with you. You've got to understand that you hold the peace on the inside of you, that your peace doesn't come because your brother and your sister are fighting or not fighting, but that your peace comes because you've decided to be at peace on the inside of you. And I told him, I said, Marvin, listen, repeat after me. The peace is on the inside of me. And he repeated after me. And every so often, I've got to go to him and remind him and remind his brother and remind his sister and say, don't forget where the peace is. The peace is on the inside of you. And sometimes before he goes to bed at night, I ask him, I said, hey, Marvin, where's the peace? And he responds and he says, the peace is on the inside of me. And y'all, I just want to let you know today that that truth that I share with my six-year-old, almost seven-year-old son is is a promise that exists for you today. That's the promise that comes when we manage our minds to the glory of God. All might not be right around us, but things certainly can be well within us. All might not be going the way we desire on the outside, but on the inside, we can be at peace. We can be with calm. For when we practice these things, when we operate, put these things into operation on the inside, not only will we experience the peace of God that Paul talked about in verse number seven that passes all understanding, but we've got a powerful promise that we will have the presence of the God of peace that will be with us as we go. And I don't know about you, but that's good news for me today because I got some chaos happening around me. There's some things in my life that's not going the way that I desire for them to go. But as long as I focus my thoughts, as long as I manage my mind, as long as I think on these things, as long as I think on what is true, as long as I think on what is pure, as long as I think on what is just, as long as I think on what is lovely, as long as I think on what is excellent and praiseworthy and commendable, what I've discovered is that God, the God of peace will be with me, that peace will accompany me on my journey, that peace will be on the inside of me, even when everything's going crazy all around me. And that ought to be your testimony today. That ought to be your praise today. Thanking God that God's peace will show up in your life as you focus your thoughts. That God's peace will show up on the inside of you, in your mind and in your thoughts. It'll make you sober and not give way to your heart and to your emotions but that you'll be able to manage your thoughts. You'll be able to challenge the thoughts that are not helpful and that you can find peace because the God of peace is right there with you. Yeah, you ought to be glad today. You ought to get excited about that today that as we manage our minds that we have the peace that passes all understanding but that the God of peace has promised to be with us as we go. So I don't know what's happening around you, but I'm challenging you today to manage your mind, to deal with, ha- with what's happening within you, to deal with what's happening on the inside of your mind, to think about the thoughts that come across your minds and, and to be diligent and intentional about the thoughts that you hold on to so that the ha- thoughts you hold on to leads you and draw you closer unto God so that God's power can be at work within us.
Come on, won't you pray with me today? God, we thank you today for Paul's testimony, for Paul reminding us today that if we think on these things, things that are true and right, things that are pure, that are noble, that are just, that are trustworthy, honorable, commendable, praiseworthy and excellent. God, as we think on these things, God, that you will be with us. God, and it's my prayer today for each and every person who is watching this, each and every person who is engaged in, uh, in this moment of worship and this moment of hearing from your word, God, that you, God, today would challenge us and help us to manage our minds. God, remind us every day by your spirit. Let your spirit's voice be amplified in us to ask us the questions that we need to ask. Is that thought true? Is that thought who God says you is? Is that thought who God made you to be? Is that what the Lord has told you about who you are? Is that how God has created them? God, challenge our thoughts. Help us, God, by your spirit to challenge our thoughts. For we know, God, that if we can allow you in our minds each and every day, we can allow you to have space on the inside of our brains and our thought processes, God, that you will help us and that you will guide us and that you will mature us and that you will grow us and that you will help us, God, to move into a life that glorifies you ever the more and that allows your power to be at work within us. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for the gift that you've given us to be able to choose our thoughts. God, now we pray that you would help us to always choose the ones that draw us closer unto you. Now, God, we pray for some man, woman, boy, or girl who has come today who's watching today, who has been a part of this worship experience, God, and they desire to connect their lives with you through Jesus Christ. God, we're praying today right now that your Holy Spirit would jump in their mind, God, and encourage them and nudge them towards saying yes, saying yes unto Jesus, that they might experience new life, that they might experience the promise that you've given us that if any man be in Christ Jesus, any boy, girl, woman be in Christ Jesus, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. God, we're praying today for one who needs to rededicate their lives. God, that you would, uh, that you would, that you would challenge them today, God, and help them, God, to redirect their thoughts towards you, to redirect their lives towards you, and towards following the path that you have laid out for them. God, we pray today that you would even uh, touch the hearts of those and the minds of those today who desire to connect their lives in partnership with the work and the ministry that we're doing here at TMCBC. God, as you continue to be at work within us and do work through us, God, we pray today that you would encourage them to partner with us now. God, we thank you for these moments of worship. We thank you for your word. God, we, we honor you and we praise you. It's in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.